Hello and welcome to the Commander Cody Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Gallat. Please join me every Monday for Star Wars news, theories, and a ton of fun. Let's jump into the news roundup. We have three stories on the roundup today. Story number one, J.J. the Finisher. Over on J.J. Abrams' official Twitter page, we get a confirmation that Episode 9 has finished filming. Quote, It feels impossible, but today we wrap photography on Episode 9. There are no adequate ways to thank the truly magical crew and cast. I'm forever indebted to you all. End quote. We also get a great image of Poe, Ray, and Finn embracing each other. The photo gives us a ton of clues. One of the clues that we get is it's set on a desert planet. My gut tells me that it's Jakku. We also see Ray in a hairstyle similar to Force Awakens using her staff. I'm so ready for the film and can't wait for the first trailer. Story number two. It's a title or a trap. According to comicbook.news, episode nine title might be very close to reveal. The official Disney Twitter accounts are teasing the calm before the galactic storm. Now, this isn't rumor or speculation, as the Twitter accounts for France, Netherlands, and UK are official Star Wars Disney accounts, which all tweeted out the same video featuring Anakin, Luke Skywalker, and Han Solo with the phrase, this is where all the fun begins. So we might get a trailer before celebration. I would give it a 50-50 shot, but maybe the fun begins sooner. Story number three, almost time to binge Star Wars. Over on StarWarsNewsNet.com, we have a rumor that the television series on Mandalorian has wrapped filming as well. The rumor comes via Unsung Movie's Twitter page. Quote, congratulations to our director, Damio Fusca, who works on the upcoming Star Wars on Mandalorian. The crew has officially wrapped the first season of production. End quote. The tweet has since been deleted, so we don't know 100% if the story is true, but seeing that the show is supposed to come out this year with the launch of the streaming service, it does seem likely that they are either close to being done filming or have just wrapped and then probably are in post-production. That's it for the news roundup. Next, we move over to Star Wars in Review. In this section, I review toys, TV shows, comic books, games, anything else Star Wars related. This week, I got my hands on Star Wars Age of Republic, Anakin Skywalker, Count Dooku, and Qui-Gon Jinn. With Anakin Skywalker's story, we see the Jedi Anakin sent with Admiral Yularen on the Resolute to a neutral planet that supposedly has a droid factory. Yularen wants to hit the factory, and Anakin wants to find out a way to save the people that are working in the factory. Come to find out the population was captured and forced to be slaves, and Anakin is able to help them and save them. The story really showed how the Clone Wars really changed the Jedi from peacekeepers to generals and really how they lost their way and another factor that causes them to fall in Revenge of the Sith. Next, we see Count Dooku on Solace before the events of the Clone Wars. He appears to be trying to have the planet join him and his master. He meets Zak Zen, a tiger-like alien Jedi. He gains his trust and Zak Zen tells him his mission. The two go to a criminal gang and discover that they are weapon dealers. A fight breaks out and Zack Zen sees Dooku's red lightsaber. He doesn't have long to question Dooku as Dooku raises a blaster and kills the young Jedi. Overall, a very great issue. I love the panel of Dooku sparring with Yoda. We get to see Dooku using a blue lightsaber. I love this character, and it gets me really excited for the future, and hopefully we get more. Last week, we have Qui-Gon Jinn. We see Jinn with a young Kenobi saving Thier, a leader on a jungle-like planet, Bryn. They flee the planet, and Thier claims Qui-Gon is a coward and and she thought Jedi were great warriors. They arrive on Coruscant, where Qui-Gon talks to, with Master Yoda. This leads Qui-Gon to go on a Force Vision quest. He lets the Force take him to a planet. The planet is this beautiful kind of green-type jungle, and it's very beautiful, but Qui-Gon senses a darkness. And while there, he has this vision of being attacked, and he's trying to fight, and then the things attacking him overtake him. And then he kind of wakes up from the vision and realizes that with light, you have to have darkness and there's a balance. 
And overall, Qui-Gon Jinn, to me, is probably one of the wisest Jedi out of all of them. Even wiser than Master Yoda at some points. Because, to our knowledge, Qui-Gon Jinn was the first to gain immortality. And during the Clone Wars animated series, we see Yoda in that last season that aired saying he knew everything about the Force and didn't have anything to learn. But, of course, he does have something to learn and he learns about you know, the living force and the cosmic force. And I feel like Qui-Gon Jinn's very attuned to that. And this, with the Dooku comic, gets me very excited for Claudia Gray's novel, which is coming out very soon. And I think that will delve into his thought process and his overall opinions of the Jedi and the force. Time for the main topic of the show. What's up with those dice? Han Solo's dice were a pair of Ardominium plated gold dice owned by the smuggler Han Solo that he used to play the Sabacc variant known as Karelian Spike. While escaping his homeworld of Corellia in 13 before the Battle of Yavin, Han gave the pair of dice to Kira as a symbol of good luck, only for her to be captured by Moloch taking the pair of dice with her. Three years later on the planet Kessel, Kira gives the pair of dice back to Han during a mission to steal unrefined Quaxium from the Kessel mines. During a game of Spike against Lando Calrissian, Solo won his opponent's YT-1300 light freighter, or how it's better known as the Millennium Falcon. Solo kept the gaming devices and the Wookiee Chewbacca hung them in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon as a joke. As a child, Han's son, Ben Solo, enjoyed playing with the dice while always following his father, promising anyone that listened that one day he would become a pilot just like his dad. Decades later, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker examined the dice when the Falcon arrived to Octu. During the Battle of Crate, Skywalker force projected himself and the dice to appear on Crate and gave them to his sister Leia, Organa. Later, Ben found the force projection of the dice, which then disappeared. I think overall, the reason why the dice were so important, not only in The Last Jedi, but featured heavily in Solo, connect the family, especially Ben. And I feel like it really pushed that, how important they were to Han and Solo. So whenever Ben or Kylo Ren discovers them at the end of Last Jedi, he kind of has that emotional thing, especially when they disappear, that I have really fallen. Because not only is my father dead, I've abandoned all my friends, my family, and I try to kill Luke. I think it's just his final kind of nail in the coffin. You know, we don't know he might be redeemed, in episode 9, we'll have to wait and see, but I feel like it was a very powerful, kind of obscure prop that they used to really build the story, and I really enjoy them, and they're pretty cool, and I got some of my own, so you can't complain when you have the gold dice. And you gotta love Han Solo, the smuggler, the card player, the gambler, so I think it's just a great prop. So, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please, if you have questions, let me know. You can follow the show on iTunes, Google Play, CastBox, It's the Commander Cody Podcast. This is Cody Glott, signing off.